This podcast is made possible by Workday and U.S. Bank. This is Kim Drakken. I'm the Chief Financial Officer of Dow Therapeutic, and you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 450. You know, as we went out and met with customers to just try to, to hear what their feedback was, it was very clear from customers that they really loved our products. Uh, they just wanted a different way of, of licensing our, our products. Uh, they want to be able to expand with, without you know, so much risk and upfront investment. And so you know, Christian Chabot, our, our founder and former CEO, asked me on early in 2016 to help kind of shape a new way of doing business with customers. You know, moving from a, you know, kind of a transactional model of a perpetual model into um, you know, things like enterprise license agreements, and really to develop a new way to sell Tableau at scale to customers. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. On today's show, we speak to CFO Damon Fletcher. As finance leader for Tableau, Damon was personally tasked with driving change. Inside the firm, many a finance leader has turned to to help energize their own change mandates by converting data into wide-eyed visuals. Our interview begins after these words from our sponsor. In a world that's always changing, one thing never does. Your need to adapt. Your need to evolve. Your need to grow. That's why we built Workday, a single finance, HR, and planning system that can change as your needs change and evolve as the world evolves. To learn how Workday is helping mid-sized organizations embrace the future with confidence, Visit us at Workday.com. Hello, we're speaking with Damon Fletcher, CFO of Tableau. That's right, Tableau, the company many finance executives know well, is in the business of data visualization. Damon, welcome. Uh, Thanks for inviting me, Jack. I'm really enjoying uh, being on the show. Well, I, I don't think I'm overstating that when I say many finance executives. I think I could probably have said most finance executives, but I'll stop because I haven't done a survey lately. <laughs> At least I didn't complete one. And so I think uh, it's great to be speaking uh, to you at this place in time. And I want to I talk to you a little bit uh, about Tableau a little later. Uh, but uh, and explain what I'm getting at when I say this unique place and time for finance. Uh, first, however, I will ask our standard question, which is just to say, when you look back in time, what are those experiences you feel, Damon, that prepared you for a CFO role? What comes to mind for you? Uh, thanks, Jack. So um, the, the first kind of milestone that I kind of uh, point to is you know, very early on in my career, um, I had the opportunity to work with one of the fastest growing uh, companies in the world. I think it, at one point it was number three on the Fortune's um, fastest growing companies list. 
Um, this experience gave me you know, tremendous opportunities to work on mergers and acquisitions, valuations, integrations. Um, and I think it, it was so early in my career that I, I soaked it all up. I, I really, um, you know, volunteered to take on as, as many challenging assignments and uh, and travel as much as I could to really learn my client's business. I, I think it was kind of the, the foundation of really learning how to be a professional. Um, you know, the, the second milestone I, I kind of point to um, was you know, relocating with my, my wife up to Seattle. I think you know I, I spent some time down in Florida at the beginning of my career and, and really getting out of my comfort zone, moving into a different industry. Um, you know, I came up to Seattle to work in both the, the, the tech um, and the uh, financial services industry, um, and it was a great experience. Um, you know, one of the, the unique parts of that is that you know when I when I um, relocated, it was you know just before the, the Great Recession. And I think you know you know being new to a city, kind of going through kind of an economic kind of crisis. It really taught me a lot about kind of risk management. Uh, you know, a couple of my uh, clients had exposure to uh, Lehman Securities, and, and so I, I really learned that you know, risk management is a really important um, kind of role to play in, in, in finance leadership. I think that the last um, the last point I would say is just, you know working with you know, great mentors. I think here at Tableau, I had the opportunity to work for a, a wonderful CFO, Tom Walker, uh, before I um, uh, before I took on over the, the lead role. He really gave me the opportunity to kind of broaden my experience in finance, you know, working in areas that I had not worked before, like real estate or, you know, overseeing our deal desk and operations teams. And, and this really, you know, allowed me, you know, to really, you know, broaden the experience and, and really learn, learn the business, uh, you know, more so than, than you know, growing up only in the FDNA or, or finance world. I just wanted to follow up with you on a, on a, on a couple of items. Uh, your, your earlier client was maybe, I, I think it might have been in the defense area, and, and you moved into high tech. I think a lot of executives sometimes would love to do what you do, which is to, to move into a new area, new space, and you do it at the same time you change geographies. I don't know if that was related or not, but any other thoughts you can share with us about that? Yeah, sure, sure. You're, you're right on point. I actually was working in the aerospace and defense industry, uh, or my client was, and I, and I was servicing them. Um, you know, I, one of the, the, the opportunities kind of arose because uh, because I was doing so many, you know, con, uh, debt offerings and, and working with, with a really fast-growing company, I was able to kind of build relationships with a partner network that was able to introduce me to a company uh, that was out here in Seattle that was uh, thinking about an IPO. And, and, and so I came out here because of the uh, – you know, what I saw Seattle um, as being a, kind of a vibrant, you know, really the start of a, a really vibrant tech community. Um, it was much earlier uh, days and before the, the, the Amazon boom, as they say, here in Seattle. But, um, you know, I, I saw opportunity, and I, I wanted to kind of seize the moment and, 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 and get out here and um, be able to uh, work with some of the, you know, the, the, the fastest growing tech companies in the world. Enter Tableau, and I think it was just following the, the, uh, its IPO period, which had to be a really interesting time for the company in so many ways. They're they're building their finance function out, I would imagine. You are you rise through the ranks and you enter the CFO office in a rather short amount of time relative to other uh, CFOs that we've spoken with. Um, there's opportunity there to prove yourself, I would imagine. And at the same time, you arrive there. There are things you want to. Uh, do to take it to the next level. Can you tell us a little bit about the role that you envision for yourself as you enter that CFO office? Yeah, sure, sure. So I, um, as you mentioned, Jack, I, I, I worked at Tableau um, just a little a little south of, of five years now. So 
a pretty rapid rise to the CFO's office, as you said. I think I was able to achieve that um, really by kind of building um, good rapport with the rest of the business. Um, you know, really, um, you know, helping sales and the go-to-market strategy um, as we began to launch our subscription transition, you know, really working and partnering with them on, on launching that as a, as a program uh, and building trust there and in all areas of the, of the business. You know, as I look at what I'm trying to you know, achieve as a, a finance organization, I mean, the, the number one thing is making, uh, you know, making it exciting for my team members to be here at Tableau and, and that they feel energized to take on kind of new challenges. I think we, we're in a, in a period of time where we're experiencing uh, rapid growth. Um, you know, we've been um, uh, growing rapidly for a, a number of years, and, and that creates a lot of opportunity for um, uh, new uh, employees to the organization to, to really add value to the organization, uh, more so than if you're in a, a traditional company uh, that, that isn't growing quite as fast. And so I think it's, you know, we have the opportunity for, for them to, you know, really help with things like our subscription transition, uh, we really we launched uh, a number of new products this year, and really having the opportunity to see some of my um, team members who um, who didn't have exposure to some of the go-to-market really be able to help with those projects has, has been really exciting to see. I turn back the clock five years. Uh, what you just referred to that subscription transition wasn't quite uh, where it is today. Can you tell us a little bit about how the the mindset of the the company and the culture had to change to adopt that subscription-based model? Uh, sure, Jack. So um, yeah, if I, let me say rewind the clock back to the beginning part of 2016. Um, you know, we had just experienced that a quarter where we, we, we weren't as, as happy about the Q4 2015 as we, we'd all hoped. And you know, as we went out and met with customers to just try to hear what their feedback was, it was very clear from customers that they really loved our products uh, they just wanted a different way of, of licensing our, our products. Um, they want to be able to expand with Tableau without, you know, so much risk and upfront investment. And so, you know, Christian Chabot, our, our founder and former CEO, asked me on early in 2016 to help kind of shape a new way of doing business with customers. Um, you know, moving from, a, you know, kind of a transactional model of a perpetual model into, um, you know, things like enterprise license agreements. Um, you know, to be able to accomplish this, I had to meet with sales reps, customers reviewing kind of vendor contracts for our suppliers and really to develop a new way to sell Tableau at scale to customers. Um, you know, this was entirely new to the organization. Uh, so we created a framework with a few options for, you know, to try out with different customers and, and see what they gravitated to. You know, we called this the large deal framework internally, and it was a precursor to the kind of subscription launch we had a, a year later. Um, you know, partnering with sales, we were able to propose, you know, several of these offers to kind of lighthouse kind of customers uh, in 2016 and, and really hear their feedback and, and objections to the, to the models. Uh, it, it was uh, very helpful in helping us move to, to the transition uh, really faster than many other software companies. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, where your attention is today when you measure this business? What are those metrics that are so important to your day-to-day -day now? Yeah, the, the great thing about working at Tableau is just the availability of real-time data at your fingertips. Um, I, I look, you know, when I come in the morning, I, I look at several visualizations daily. Um, you know, the couple of the more important ones that I focus on are uh, for a software company in, in a subscription world are annual recurring revenue, or ARR, uh, and subscription mix. Um, you know, for me, ARR growth is the best indicator of the health and fundamentals of the business. Um, you know, I look at those kind of two metrics and forecasts you know, throughout the quarter. 
You know, another area that's kind of often overlooked, but so so important when you're in the in the technology world is, is headcount. Given so much of your your cost structures is related to headcount, but you know, I look at hiring and retention uh, by department really daily. Um, you know, for us to be able to sustain growth, uh, we need to attract and kind of retain really talented uh, team members to build, market, and sell our products. Um, and our HR and, and recruiting teams are an important part of that you know, kind of growth strategy. Now, I mentioned uh, earlier uh, sort of a unique place and time, but half the conversation I'm having with finance leaders is how they're embedding their people in other parts of the business and how they're trying to get their people to understand how to collaborate better. And it seems like data visualization is one of the tools they need most to help that collaboration. Am I overstating this? Am I uh, uh, going down a tangent that you don't see as the sort of the, the center path, but maybe uh, off to the side? No, I mean, you're absolutely right. There's just an explosion of data being collected by many of our largest customers uh, in, in the world. I think I mean, you're, you're seeing the availability of data not only in the finance department, but throughout an organization with, with tools like Tableau uh, kind of entering the market. Um, and really, can, people can make kind of informed, data-driven decisions, you know, by having kind of an analyst in, in their team rather than having a central team, whether it be in IT or in finance, really having control of the data. You know, we're seeing more and more of our customers really expand you know, the use of Tableau very broadly throughout their organization. You know, many years ago, um, you know, it was rare to see kind of tens of thousands of users at an organization. Uh, and recently, you know, we, we have a number of customers like J.P. Morgan Chase uh, who have, you know, uh, tens of thousands of users of their organization uh, using Tableau. So it's, it's, it's remarkable to see uh, the, the ex explosion and the scaling of Tableau throughout uh, many different organizations. You know, when I, when I think about, you know, how the, the, the business can, um, uh, how finance can in, embed or, or create opportunities for our team members to, to add value in the organization, you know, I really, I really look at the way that we run our business where, you know, finance um, is, is kind of partnering with sales or marketing in, on kind of strategic initiatives. You know, as we went through the subscription transition, you know, really wanted to focus, for example, on, you know, how are, how are we retaining our subscription customers and how are they expanding? We introduced new metrics to our business like net dollar expansion ratio uh, that I've been, you know, looking at lately. You know, as our business becomes more subscription, it's helpful to see how customer cohorts are not only renewing, but what does their expansion rates look like? Because it can inform what the health of the customer relationship is. And those are some ways that we can help our sales team uh, and, our, and our customer success team really understand the health of, health of okay, their business. And again, the shorthand description for net dollar expansion ratio? Uh, the shorthand is the AR uh, for a customer cohort last year uh, uh, versus AR of a customer cohort this year is the best way that I can describe it. So if you if, if you had $100 of revenue from a customer last year and you now have $150 of revenue from the same customer this year or from that cohort of customers, uh, then you'll have 150% um, uh, net dollar expansion ratio. I have to believe you're using this tool. Uh, one would expect that the finance function inside Tableau is one of the more advanced users of the tool. Is that accurate? Is that, uh, is that how things play out? Yeah, sure. I think, uh, you know, given that all our employees, uh, when they start with Tableau, get a license of Tableau on their, on their desktop, um, uh, it's, you know, the availability of data at, at their fingertips has created some really creative ways of, of managing their business. You know, I think a lot of people think of um, business intelligence and, and data analytics as, as reporting, but it's, it's much more than that. It's, it's the ability to 
you know, manage workflow directly from your Tableau uh, interface to be able to, you know, work on accounts receivables collection, never, never leaving kind of a Tableau browser to be able to call your customer. Um, it's the ability to, uh, the, the night before the board meeting, be able to really drive and look deep into an analysis that you were preparing to go to that next layer of, of detail uh, that a static PowerPoint won't allow you to do. So it creates so many opportunities when you have a tool like Tableau to uh, be able to uh, have interactive data during a customer meeting or in front of a, in front of a board that you, know, you can really uh, answer questions right there in the room as opposed to you know, the, the, the old way of, of getting a report or a graphic and, and it being static information uh, generated by a central team in IT. You mentioned a few times now uh, new sources of data or, or uh, this whole phenomenon of, of finance tapping into new sources of data. Uh, curious about non-financial data and whether that uh, sources of non-financial data have become a bigger part of your world. I think they are. I mean, they always have been here at Tableau because we're a data company. Um, you know, obviously we look at a lot of, you know, a lot of um, employee data, a lot of, um, uh, a lot of uh, customer relationship type data. Um, you, you, there's so many ways that you can, um, uh, you can uh, track and, and, and look at things that, you know, traditionally in the old finance world maybe only worked if they were coming out of your ERP. Uh, and so, um, you know, I, I frequently look at, you know, our, you know, employee retention metrics uh, to be able to give me the, the, the health and the pulse of, of my team as an example that's not financial data that kind of informs me, you know, how am I doing and how's my group and my group of leaders in finance doing uh, in, in our organization. So we always ask for a finance strategic moment, which is a moment of strategic insight that you've experienced along the way during your career. It may have been at Tableau. It may not have been. Uh, but uh, you, you experience this due to the lines of sight that you have as a finance leader, uh, and uh, you responded to it. You may have uh, decided to avoid a risk or an opportunity that uh, wasn't as tempting as it might have been, given what you've discovered. Can you tell us something about a finance strategic moment? What comes to mind? And, and I, for me, I'd point back to really why I'm in the seat of the CFO today is really, you know, how I was able to work with our, you know, sales leadership team on really helping you know, drive our subscription transition forward. You know, when we look back at, you know, several years ago, um, you know, subscription in the software industry was, um, you know, was, was pretty unique and, and rare. But, you know, the, the adoption of that over the last several years has, has been uh, so critical to kind of the, the new technologies and the new best-in-breed uh, technologies that are being implemented by a number of companies. Yeah, if I go back to 2016, as I talked about a little bit earlier and got deep on, you know, we had to really look at a, a kind of a new way of doing business uh, with, with our customers. You know, how do you change kind of a, a customer relationship from being, you know, transactional to being more holistic to, to make sure that people feel like they can expand and they have comfort of the, you know, the long-term relationship? Um, and so, you know, we really looked at, you know, what we call enterprise licenses agreements as, as a way of, of, of Kind of strengthening that relationship where it didn't feel so much that, it, that you're in a, in, a, in a transactional relationship with a customer. Um, and so, you know, as we, as we met with customers, and, and I personally met with, you know, a couple, you know, CFOs and, and senior leaders of finance in 
kind of structuring some of these early agreements with them. And it was interesting to me to hear, you know, why they preferred the subscription business model to the perpetual. Um, you know, for them, it was it was not so much um, uh, about the, the fact that over the long run they may pay a little higher cost, but it was more about risk reduction in the early years. When you have a uh, when you have a perpetual business model, there's so much uh, so much risk in that transaction for the other party. They have to you know pay a large upfront amount, and if they're not using the software, they have to impair that. And so it was really interesting for me to, to hear um, why um, why they preferred subscription and be able to uh, really work with them collaboratively um, on this kind of initial um, customer relationships to uh, to be able to um, you know structure and, and, and drive. Um, a meaningful amount of revenue from you know from a small handful of customers that, that wanted to move over to the uh, to the new business model, um, and so you know, the ability for, for me as a uh, as a finance professional to get you know, the opportunity to work on that, you know, Christian Chabot, our, our CEO, uh, gave me the opportunity to kind of lead you know that from a um, from a cross functional perspective was was one of those moments that was I think career defining and, and allowed me to be in the kind of CFO's seat today because you built so much trust with some of the enterprise sales leaders that we had at the organization. The business landscape is changing quickly as the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. We'll be back with Damon Fletcher after a Leadership Minute. Hello, we're attending AFP's annual conference in Chicago this week, and we're pleased to catch up with Mark Savoy, Vice President of New Payments for MasterCard. Mark, hello. Hello, how are you today? Very well. My question for you is, when it comes to managing T&E, what should CFOs keep top of mind in 2019? Sure. Well, we see in 2019 that business travel globally is on um, the uptake, upswing, if you will, um, after a very volatile market for the last eight to nine years. And um, two things that have come to mind is, one, virtual cards are becoming very active in the space, particularly for employees that might not have a corporate card to spend for corporate travel. And that's a way to get the same controls and enhanced data um, that a CFO would want for their organization for folks that don't have a corporate card. And additionally, we see for organizations loosening up and being more employee-friendly T&E programs as well for folks that have corporate cards. Mark Savoy, thank you for answering our question. Thank you. Have a great day. Questions. What's one thing that's exciting you about finance and business today? Um, the, 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 the most important thing that I think that excites me, and it's why I, I actually joined Tableau, was it's just the availability of data and to make informed decisions. And if I go back um, uh, uh, to my early days uh, at, at PricewaterhouseCoopers, 
uh, it would take uh, weeks sometimes for, for team members to be able to generate a report or get, get an analysis done that, that we can now um, you know, help companies do in a matter of minutes. Um, and so because you can make decisions and, and make informed decisions uh, faster at an organization, and you can connect data from your you know, human resource system with your uh, ERP or your lead system, it, it creates an opportunity to really do transformational type um, um, uh, changes in your business uh, and drive real actionable results. And so that, that's what excites me the most, and that's, that's why I joined Tableau and why, why I feel so, um, uh, so pleased to be here. What do you wish someone had told you when you stepped into that CFO office for the first time? And I know this is not all that long ago, but again, again, if there was one piece of advice the first time you stepped into that office that you could have had someone whisper in your ear, anything, anything uh, come to mind when I put it that way? You know, I've been involved. I'll give you a good example. I've been involved in the uh, in leading the from a from a tactical perspective the budgeting process for the last several uh, years here at Tableau, uh, but actually be the kind of uh, one of the, the the final decision makers and, and and really you know having to make those tough decisions about where do we make the the investment. I mean, obviously we're not uh, we're not a company that's cutting a ton of costs. I mean, we're really focused on growth, uh, but you, the business brought so many great ideas and to be able to. Uh, to be able to fund the ones that we feel like have the most long-term return, um, it's, it's a challenging uh, assignment. And I think you know, when, you know, when when you're in the kind of uh, the top seat, I think it's it's even more uh, it's more more lonely at the top to to be able to really uh, assess um, you know person A over person B uh, best idea and, and fund the ones that are that make the most difference. So I think it's, it was more of a realization than 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 kind of advice I wish I had, but it's it's definitely something that I picked up on. Do you have a personal habit or a routine that you believe has contributed to your professional success? <laughs> I laugh because people people don't always believe me, but I, I, I literally try to make sure that I cleared my email box every day before I leave. <laughs> uh, there, there's a lot of, not a lot of people in this world who, 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 who kind of do that. And I think being responsive, I think, is, has been a, a big part of my success, that people feel like I'm able to kind of keep up and uh, make sure that, um, that, that we're not uh, – we're not resting. Um, we're not. We're not resting on a decision. We're not. Uh, we're not missing the opportunity. Um, you know, seizing the day kind of uh, mentality that we, we want to make sure that that you know, around here. Uh, Tom Walker, my former CFO, he had a he had a little plaque in his office that says "Every day matters," um, and I think it's something that you know I believe in. That you know, if you're going to be a, in a fast growth um, company, uh, every day matters. All right. Here's where I, I'm going to make an observation, and you can you can uh, give it a reality check. Huh? It's just that you're sort of a surprise um, candidate to have helped spearhead and drive this conversion into a subscription model. On paper, I, I'm not necessarily, you're not the obvious choice to do this. And, and you can tell me I'm wrong and, and, and what have you. But I'm like, no, he came out of serving clients in the defense industry. He moved from the East Coast only turn back the clock 10 years, this is not the person to, to drive a leading-edge uh, technology company into the subscription business and beyond, and yet you are. Uh, I'm saying it's your temperament, maybe. I'm saying it's your approachable, collaborative way. What would you tell me? Would you push back on that? No, I mean, I hope, uh, I hope my business partners throughout the organization feel uh, I'm collaborative. I, you know, I, I think... Um, I, I, what I want to do um, as we entered that is I really wanted to listen. Uh, that I think that's the most important thing that I did for that first 
gathered information on what recommendation we were going to make back in 2016. It was it was um, it was listening to listening to uh, the sales reps. It was it was listening to our customers. It was you know, reviewing and, and 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 looking at what other companies in the industry were doing. Um, and then it, I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's, it's about how they, how do you uh, work collaboratively with the sales team? How do how do they do they feel that you have your your best intention? Um, and, and are you are you able to do you have the passion and the energy to kind of drive kind of a, a major program like that um, kind of forward? I think you know, passion, energy, and, and collaboration probably the, um, the the three things that I, I would say help help me uh, help the sales team uh, succeed in those uh, those that initial launch of of our large sales framework. Can I ask something uh, more personal here, uh, Damon, too? Again, I, I, and I don't mean to – I'm not trying to dismiss. I'm just trying to point out that, wow, you must have – there's something else that that uh, leaders – that comes from being a leader and being able to collaborate with others that, that allows you to make these giant transitions and, and drive them. And, and again, I, you know, if I was writing an article right now, and that's what I am, a business journalist, I would, I would say there's – you know, I would try to zero in on those qualities. So that's what I'm trying to do here. If we were to turn back the clock, your success could have been just as easily in oil and energy doing the same sort of collaborative transformation that, that has taken place here um, in, in another industry. Uh, it just happened to be tech. Or are you going to tell me, no, in fact, I've always wanted, it was always tech. I was aiming for it way back when. What I've always wanted, even when I left school, or what? What's your story? <laughs> what would you tell me? Um, I've, I've always enjoyed fast pace. So I think if there was one thing, one quality of what I what I enjoy is is, is just fast paced environments. I, I mean, I started my you know career as uh, in high school working at United Parcel Service, uh, and I was quickly promoted to supervisor a few months after joining um, while I was senior year in high school. Very fast paced environment. You know, everything was down to the minute. Um, it moved quickly into public accounting and was put on the largest account in our office. And, you know, after I, I finished the university, and um, you know, really worked with a fast-paced growing company here. You know, came out to Seattle with the opportunity to work on an IPO and work with another company, F5 Networks, here in Seattle. That was that was also one of the fastest-growing companies at that, that point. And so, I've really always enjoyed just 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 waking up every day with um, with with a lot of energy to help. Help my clients initially solve problems, and then you know, to be able to come here at Tableau, uh, work for another kind of passionate leader, who, who uh, Tom Walker, the, the former CFO, who who had the same kind of mentality as me, and, and that every day kind of mattered. And, and I think it's it's those kind of traits is what um, really uh, really attracted me to the to the industries I was in, as opposed to um, uh, as opposed to the, the what the actual fundamentals of the business were. I, I think I was more attracted that that tech is such a, a fast growing. Uh, part of our economy and, and, and it has tremendous opportunity uh, ahead for the, for the industry. Another first for you, had to have been the first time you stepped in the boardroom and presented to the board. Is there anything you can share with us about that experience? And here's what, that had to be a, a milestone for an executive like yourself, the first time you were summoned and you had to. Because so many of the uh, our listeners uh, ha- have, a, have an experience or are waiting for that experience and want to get those presentation skills and understand how you were able to do that the first time. How were you prepared to do that? Why were you prepared to do that? Does anything come to mind? Yeah, sure. Um, well, that's one of the great opportunities of starting your career with a company like PricewaterhouseCoopers. I, I was in uh, audit committees of the board.
my career. And so um, kind of leading that discussion at Autocuity, um, you know, uh, for, for several years here at Cabo before taking over the CFO role and then handling the, the, the entire board meeting. Um, and so I think I felt I felt probably more comfortable than, than most first-time CFOs going into boardroom that maybe uh, came up through the SP&A part of the, part of the business uh, because I had presented to board members. I had relationships with three of the board members who were on the audit committee. Um, you know, as I went through the CFO selection process, uh, they were very, uh, they were great mentors for me about walking me through the process and sharing their insights and, and how I fit into the company strategy, whether I was chosen the CFO or not. And so, because I already had relationships with several of the board members I, it, uh, from my days working with the audit committee, I think it was uh, it was helpful for me to, to feel comfortable in that that first board setting, probably more so than than most first time CFOs. Is there a book you'd recommend to aspiring finance leaders? Yeah, so I, for me, I, I just recently uh, read a book uh, for the second time uh, on China by Kissinger as I headed out to an APAC trip. Um, I think it's, uh, it, it was really helpful for me just kind of it talked about the history of, of, uh, of that region and, and, and that market. And I think it's important for a, a Westerner to be able to kind of understand in really deep detail. I think it's, uh, it's, for me, it was a really valuable read, and, and I would encourage anyone who, who does business internationally, particularly in APAC, to, 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 to read the book. We asked Damon Fletcher. We asked Damon Fletcher for his 12-month finance leader priorities after this. From Middle Market Media, this is CFO Thought Leader, where we speak to finance leaders about driving change within their organizations. Um, all right, so we're up to our final question, Damon. And again, I, I threw a few extra at you. So many thanks. Over the next 12 months, what are your priorities? as a finance leader of Tableau? So there's a few that I can think of. One is, you know, first, we've got to complete the subscription transition. Um, the second, you know, I've got to build scale in our business. And, and, and the third, really investing in the future. Uh, we've been on a multi-year journey to help customers expand with Tableau and our new subscription business model. And we've been innovating kind of rapidly here at Tableau to, at scale to make it as attractive as possible for customers to choose subscription. Uh, this model reduces the risk and kind of lowers the barriers to expansion for, for many of our customers. You know, once we're through that transition, the fundamentals of our business will be easier for investors to understand, so that's great for, for being in my role as a CFO. The second area um, that I'm spending a, a lot of detail in is, is really looking at our infrastructure processes to see if we can scale our business for the next phase of growth. Now, I look for ways to, you know, so lower cost of doing business, um, you know, whether it be through e-commerce or more self-service for our employees as, as they need to process transactions. Uh, you know, leveraging technology to drive efficiency for us is, is a big part of our strategy to scale our business for the long term. Um, the, you know, the final thing I point to um, is probably just ensuring that we're investing enough back into our business to sustain, to sustain growth over the long term. You know, we spend you know a significant amount of time during our budgeting cycle really listening to kind of the you know, the leaders of the different departments, you know, advocate for the, you know, what they think are the, the greatest and best ideas for how we should invest back into the business. And obviously we have, you know, we don't have an unlimited amount of cash, but we, we really want to pick those ideas that are going to make a huge difference to the company for the long run. And so that's one of my favorite parts of, of being here at Tableau and being in the tech industry is the ability to, to make those investments in new products or new go-to-market areas. Uh, and so that's, that's a big part of my focus for the next 12 months. David Fletcher, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Thank you. It's been, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Jack.
Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter, featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.